0: From RTE Brainstorm. Why are teens half as likely to walk or cycle to school in Dublin as Dunshockland? By Joanne Mancini from Maynooth University. Imagine you're stuck in traffic on your morning commute into Dublin. You hear an advertisement on the radio promoting walking and cycling. You think, that's a brilliant idea. Active transport is good for health, the climate and easing traffic congestion. But then you see a car in front of you with teenagers being driven to school. In that scenario, would you be tempted to blame the traffic on those teenagers in the car? Would you assume that they could walk to school if they wanted to, if they'd only change their behaviour? And would you assume that it was a matter of choice, because surely all teenagers in urban areas are provided with local schools on an equal basis? If you answered yes to these questions, your responses would be in keeping with a lot of Irish policy in this area, which frequently proposes behavioural change interventions as the key to achieving higher participation in active transport. They would also be in line with much existing academic research which provides the context for such policy. This existing research claims, without considering the location of schools, that adolescent active transport, AT, follows population size and density proposing that adolescent active transport is highest in the largest and most densely populated cities, decreases with the size of cities and towns, and is lowest in settlements with fewer than 5,000 people. It also claims that distance and time to school, while being the greatest barriers to walking and cycling, are factors that are constant and cannot be changed. But neither of these assumptions are borne out by data from Census 2016 and 2011, which, until Census 2022 is fully published and analysed, are the largest sources of data on teenage commuting to education. First time to school is not fixed but has changed significantly in some places where the state has built new schools such as Donna Bate. In the Donabate Electoral Division, the average journey times fell from 26.2 to 15.7 minutes between 2011 and 2016, with the opening of Donabate Community College. Second, there was no link between population size or density and adolescent active transport across Ireland's 200 towns and cities with a population of 1,500 or more. On the contrary, the highest teenage level of active transport was not in Dublin, which at 39.87% was ranked 88th out of 200 towns and cities when it comes to active transport, but in the smaller town of Dunshockland, County Meath, which had an active transport rate of 74.71% from a population of 4,035. Even across similarly sized towns, teenagers experienced wildly disparate outcomes depending on where they lived. In 31 small towns, 1,500 to 5,000 population, a majority of teenagers commuted by walking or cycling, with 26 making the national top 40. However, in 31 other small towns, including Duleek, County Meath, with a population of 4,219 and active transport rate of just 0.55 of 1%, fewer than 5% of 13 to 18-year-old students walked or cycled to school with no teenagers at all commuting by these methods in three small towns. The Active Transport Postcode Lottery also affects teenagers inside Dublin. In some Dublin electoral divisions, such as Clonsky-Belfield, teenagers participated in active transport at a similar level as in Donshoclan. However, in other divisions, teenagers had much lower odds of walking or cycling. For example, fewer than 12% of teenagers in Kilmainham B. Obviously, such disparities cannot be attributed to differences in population size or density, but they can be associated with differences in educational provision. Consider this 38 of the 40 towns with the lowest teenage levels of cycling and walking had no secondary school. However, in the top 40, every town had a school within its settlement boundary, and at least one of those schools was free, mixed gender, and inter or multi denominational. In other words, active transport doesn't follow population size or density, but it does follow educational provision, including the provision of inclusive schools, not segregated by religion, gender or the ability to pay. Why then are teenagers nearly twice as likely to commute to school by walking or cycling in Dunshockland as in Dublin? Or, put another way, why are teenagers in Dunshockland six times more likely to walk or cycle to school than teenagers in B? Educational provision is undoubtedly part of the answer. In 2016, Dunshockland had a local secondary school that was interdenominational, mixed gender and free. Moreover, according to the Department of Education, the Dunshockland school planning area had a secondary to primary intake ratio of 146.2%, indicating that the secondary schools could accommodate many more pupils that attended primary schools there. In contrast, in the Dublin 8 school planning area, the area which Kilmainham B is in, the intake ratio was 43% and there were no schools that were not segregated by religion, gender or both. This may seem like a bad news story, but it isn't entirely. Unlike many problems, it has a solution. We know where the teenagers with poor commuting outcomes are, despite living in compact urban settlements. We won't improve those outcomes by blaming teenagers, but we can do so by building inclusive local schools where they are lacking. Discover more at rte.ie forward brainstorm. RTE Brainstorm is produced by RTE in conjunction with UCC, University of Galway, University of Limerick, Maynooth University, DCU, TU Dublin, the Irish Research Council, and CHAGS.